Life isn't about answers, it's about questions. Asking good questions is key to learning. That's a proven fact. And there's no more important question than why Jesus. So get ready as we dive into the conversation together on the next episode of the Why Jesus Podcast. How's it going, everyone? We have a great podcast tonight. Let me introduce you to the panel that we're going to be walking with. We got Matt. We got LT. We got Nick. Guys, it's going to be good tonight. How's everyone doing? Doing good. good. Doing good. Good, good, good. This can be. Yeah, good as can be. Well, tonight we are going to be talking about Jay-Z's new movie that he's a producer on. We're going to be talking about demon stuff in all kind of imagery. Doja Cat, Taylor Swift, who apparently won an award at the VMAs already tonight. Uh, we're going to be yeah. talking about and yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm up on what's happening. I, I just know that because my wife was watching for the 10 seconds that sync was being shown. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we got some good stuff. And then to wrap it all up, we're going to talk about pastors using AI to write their sermons. Hmm. I think it's, it's going to be that I I got some, I got some stuff to say about that one for (laughs) sure, (laughs) for sure. So we got to end with a bang, huh? Yeah. So stick around. Don't, don't miss out. Make sure you check all these guys channels out below. They'll be in the link in the description. Um, Daryl, while we're hanging here, you can uh, edit out the description for us. Thanks, brother. Okay, so. <laughs> Hold up. Before we get started, could we establish <laughs> something real quick? Let's establish so, something. I want to I want to just take a visual of the video real quick and realize that my name is NIC. I was looking at NIC, that. bro? Well, who spells Nick like that? You do. <laughs> <laughs> you, wanted me to, you wanted me to stand out, huh? <laughs> uh typos typos abound if you've watched my videos you know that all too well i apologize for the misspelling everyone I'm else is good though right no you're not look at your oh, name yeah. now oh there you go there I, you go. I got you i got you now, at least you didn't misspell lt yeah that That's one's right. pretty like pretty E-L-T-E-A. <laughs> he, he could have spelled it e-l-t-e-a like the t in spanish yeah well right. I chose not to, but yeah, no, that was that was a mistake on my end. We're we're all good now. Let's hop in. We're gonna we're gonna watch this trailer together. I don't know if if y'all watching have seen this or not. You might have no idea what any of this is about, but we're we're gonna watch this and give some of our thoughts. This is all the information. There's not a ton of information on this movie right now, but uh, let, let's let's take a listen. Let us know if it's too loud, too soft, any of that. I think it's at a good volume, but we'll find out. Did it glitch for anyone else? Yeah, I, I mean, it didn't play for me. I didn't see anything. Okay, now it's going. Okay, here we go. Ready? Take two. I'm not a man without faults. I played the cards I was dealt. Clans, in spite of your selfish ways, there is a beautiful soul in there somewhere. 
Clarence is here. Jesus of Nazareth. You can't even buy power like that. I want to be like that in 10 years. I want to be like that now. Knowledge is stronger than belief! Clarence, he need the miracles. I have a plan. I can see! I can see! God sent me to deliver his message. Your new Messiah! Listen, swine! Ah, stop that! Your God is a myth! See for yourselves, there is no Messiah. Parents, if you'll be so kind, to walk on water. Okay, oh. Book of Clarence will be out at some point, someday. I don't know when. Doesn't January. give us a does give us a date January. at the end. Oh, there it is. January yeah, twenty twenty four. Man, I'm gonna mark that in my calendar. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what are you guys' reactions, thoughts? Uh, how how should we think about this? What should we think about this? You know, I mean, the first thing I got to say is the trailer is obviously completely off. Clarence verse two of chapter three. I mean, clearly states that Clarence. Uh, listen, I, I, I'm this, angry. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I'm angry. I'm angry because there's no other religion in the world that someone would make fun of so badly. That's there's true. no other religion in the world. Do a, do a movie about Muhammad. Do a movie about one of the great prophets, so to speak. Do a movie about any of those, and we would get canceled in a second. And do a movie about anybody, anybody's religion, anybody's skin color, anybody's race. You'll get canceled. Anybody's gender. Say a woman is a woman, and you'll get canceled, but make fun of my Messiah. Make him, uh, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Oh, walk on water. Prove yourself. You know, like, like, dude. Come on, Jay-Z. I mean, we knew he was blasphemous. And one of the what things that, that I was raised uh, believing, and my pastor would say this over and over again, is what do you expect a sinner to do but sin? And so there's, there's, a, there's a form of grace that we offer to everyone, especially unbelievers. But this is spitting in the face of Christianity, and this is spitting in the face of Jesus. So I don't take this lightly. I'm confused though. Like I'm still confused about the concept. So is the idea that this guy Clarence is just a con artist and then all of history now is recording Clarence's life? Or is the idea that I'm still confused, like if he is he trying to say that Clarence is the is the movie trying to portray it that Clarence is the actual tales of Jesus in the Bible? So I could read it, to you. I could read it to you, right? So based on Wikipedia, which is subject to change, but uh, we'll take it for what it says because it's the only thing really about it. Mm -hmm. A struggling, a struggling down on his luck man named Clarence, living in 29 A.D. Jerusalem, 
looks to capitalize on the rise of Jesus Christ by claiming to be a new Messiah sent by God in an attempt to free himself of debt and start a life of glory for himself. And the way that the movie is described is uh, the Book of Clarence is an upcoming American epic biblical comedy drama film driven and directed by Jay-Z and some others. So an epic biblical comedy drama. It's not biblical, so that word should not be in there. And it's not epic. It's just a comedy that's spitting in the face of my savior. We got uh, Arthur in the chat uh, saying this is just uh, the whole concept of life of Brian all over again, basically. What's the life of Brian? Yeah, what's that? Uh, here, I'll pull it up. I'll show you. But you guys can keep chatting while I do that. No, I'm just angry. From what I saw, the like, whole, <laughs> it's like they're trying to depict, like what I was reading is like depicting the life of someone in the Bible era. That was like a hairdresser, someone who sold like just, you know, like a third party that has nothing to do with the Bible stories. That's what I kind of got from reading about it, because like from this, like this, this trailer, you don't really know what it's really about. You know, it's going to be mockery. It's Jay-Z. We know he's about, we know what he's done, but it's just like they don't give us enough, but we know where it's heading. And well, I don't know, man. Monty Python, Life of Brian. A movie from 1979 is what he's referencing. Oh, okay. Is that is the life of Brian a similar concept where it's like a person in the Bible times trying to mimic Jesus or what? Uh, I'm guessing. I have not actually seen it myself. Uh, it's it's born born on the original Christmas in the stable next door to Jesus Christ, Brian of Nazareth. Yeah. Oh. Spends his life being mistaken for a Messiah. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. So yeah, what it tells sure. me is that these people have been exposed to the gospel. These people have heard the gospel story, uh, hence why Jay-Z is in award shows doing Last Supper scenes and things like that, because he's heard it, and instead of embracing it, instead of believing it, instead of maybe just staying quiet, he's choosing to speak out in a way that, in my opinion, is just blasphemous. So it's, it's clear where he stands on this. Yeah, and, and and I think, I guess for me, like, I, I respect that opinion. I, I respect what uh, your frustration, and to a degree, I, I agree. I, I don't know that I get as upset um, because, I mean, I get more upset at people that claim the name of Christ and defame it than people that don't, right? Uh, I, I expect the world to make a mockery of Christ, and I don't expect the world to to allow us to make a mockery of other things. Um, and I think everything you said at the front end is true. I still agree. With, and I think what you said at the front is true in the sense that if we were to, if anyone was to make a movie about any other thing and they'd be canceled, I agree with that. Um, I also think that uh, this is part of what we see throughout what Jesus kind of says is that they're going to hate you because of me. Uh, and so, I mean, I'm not going to promote the movie, but I guess I, I'm not to the level of frustration I'm more of the level of like, this is dumb and it's trying to capitalize. Yeah. I, I think they're trying to capitalize on some of the success. Uh, I think Ruslan said this and it, it, I, I kind of agree with him that they're trying to capitalize on some of the success of 
the most recent faith-based films that have made some impact mm-hmm. that had yeah. some 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 following behind it but in a, in a goofy monty python way um but again for me i i need to i would need to know more uh if anything the thing that i took away from this my first thing was i thought it was hilarious because this was the first fake faith healer like he's doing all this fake healing for money and i'm sitting here going like Huh, that's like a critique of word of faith, Benny Hinn. Like, that's in so is my that mind what, is that what it is? Is that what it I, is? He's Clarence a fake I healer. I don't think that's his intention. No, let's see. He for- wants to make money, and his buddy pretends to be blind, and he say and he heals him. Is that any different than that's hiring right. someone to be a fake, fake possessed by a really- demon? See, so is that the concept? I didn't get that from the description that I read or the trailer. So, so the trailer it looked me. like it. It looked in the trailer. It looked like it was his friend who was the one being healed. I'll pull it back up. And yeah, and so he was I, faking it. How do you know I, that? I, I don't mean, think his it, his friend looks, was actually blind. I was gonna say it looks like the whole like. the whole idea is that Clarence can't actually do miracles, but he's a con artist. And yeah, he's trying to. So this is. I'm looking at it. You can't look at it. Here we go. Um, so here's his friend right here um, in in the in the trailer that's walking with him. His friend at the beginning uh, who is, I think, Got standing it. behind him here. Yeah, there's his friend right there. And then you come to this scene. There's his friend who can see. Then you come. He's like, oh, I want some of that. I want it now. And so what they then end up doing is they want money. He he can't get money by preaching. And so what he ends up doing is pretending to heal Taking his friend. Uh, and then here comes all this money right here. Say, the whole thing. That is a great comedy. observation. That is a great observation. Interesting. Interesting. See, so see, I think well, he, I not catch that. the reason, the reason why I wasn't as angry, I still think it's stupid. I think I still think it's ridiculous, but the reason why I'm not as angry, I would be more angry if he, if they would make a movie where they take Jesus and actually try to portray Jesus as being a con artist and as being a, um hustler if they would have done that then i've been livid like that would have been more of a mockery but to me they're going for the idea that someone in jesus time saw jesus and now is trying to make money by doing something similar which the reason why it doesn't make me as angry is because there were people back then doing that that was actually probably thing that true happened. simon the yeah. sorcerer kind of yeah. thing yeah that type of thing like there was people back then doing that type of thing so like I don't. I still think it's dumb because I don't think that's Jay Z's intent. I think Jay Z's intent is just to make a mockery out of Christianity. Still, like that's why. But the actual plot line isn't as offensive as it would be if they, you know, took Jesus and made fun yeah. of him specifically. Yeah. So now that you shown a little, uh, like you shine a new light on the movie, I kind of want to see it now. No, I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, I did not make those observations, so I'm a little bit less angry now. Um, so thank you for diffusing me, but, uh, <laughs> just a little, you can word, still right? be upset. I think, I no, th- I am, I am upset. I am upset because this is not the first time. And if it was spun a different way, I probably wouldn't be too upset because I do expect unbelievers to hate Jesus. So I'm all about that. Not that I support it, like you said, <laughs> but I don't get angry. I don't get angry. Right. I don't get angry at people. I'm um, like not believing or, or poking yeah. fun of my religion what what i get angry about is doing it on a grand scale and trying to mislead people into believing certain things about jesus that aren't true you know so here here's here's the part that uh arthur brings up that i think is interesting okay so th- this is how the trailer ends um and the way that the trailer ends 
is this moment, I can't get it to the right size, is this moment where he's about to maybe walk on water and then look at his, and, re and listen to his out. reaction. Well, but listen to his reaction. This is what I think Arthur's referencing. Let's watch this again, because I think it's trying to lead you to believe something. What do you get by this? Well, like it actually happened. That's I, what it like he actually did it. Yeah. Or maybe it worked. Maybe he had like fancy shoes that. That's where the uh, twist comes in. Though. It's like, where does this story actually go? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like, they don't give us enough. They give us, they give you enough to say, that's ah, a funny show in the Bible times. But like, where does it go? We'll have to find out. You know what I mean? I think we're pretty yeah. on the spot. Those going to be. I, I think, I think it's hard to tell what that scene's going to end up being. That's the whole point of it. They try to give you an idea in your head. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, you got to actually watch it to find out. Um, but I'm not, so. <laughs> we didn't expect you to. Uh, again, I, for me, I actually get less annoyed at something like this than I do at something like the Noah movie that um, didn't let itself be known that it had nothing to do with the actual narrative of Noah from the Bible. Oh, you mean, right? you mean the one with the guy from The Office, or do you mean... The one about the Nephilim. <laughs> the, yeah, the basic, the one with Russell the one about the, the one with the guy from The Office is pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm talking about the the one with Russell Crowe. Um, oh, yeah. Bruce or uh, Evan Almighty. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's clearly a joke, right? It's yeah. clearly a yeah. comedy, and I honestly have a heart. Like I give this more credit because it's trying to be a comedy. It might be blasphemous. It might be a little ridiculous. But when it's something like the the Noah movie with Russell Crowe. And it was like nothing like the biblical narrative, but yet it was called yeah. Noah. And that actually bothers me more um, because you're basically stealing from um, an idea from the Bible and then just writing your own story off of it to make money. I That bugs me more. This I find is a little bit more goofy. I'm not well, as worried wasn't about the, it. Wasn't but. the Noah movie, weren't they also pulling in from like, like the book of Enoch and some other like outside sources to fill the story? Yeah. Like they weren't, it wasn't all, it wasn't all just the screenwriter um, have taken creative liberty as much as he was taking other sources, talking about the Noah story and flood stories from other texts outside the Bible. Correct. But they don't make that note. You know what I mean? Like they don't make that known. And I felt duped as a, as a Christian who went to this movie and then I'm sitting here going, this is this, what is going on? I agree. I agree. Um, I had no, there was no indication that it was going to be twisted that way. So when I saw it for the first time, I was kind of going into it excited a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, and then as I was watching it, I was like, what is this? But if they would have already twisted it in the trailers, like they do this, I would have already known, okay, mm -hmm. maybe I'll watch it, but you know, it's not expected to be accurate. <laughs> put, put it this way. Th this is a movie that I, th again, I think there's a Christian Liberty here where I don't think there's anything wrong with watching the movie. I have more wrong giving people money that I don't want to give people money to. Um, if, if, if I had a friend who said, um, Hey, the movie's been out forever. It's free to stream now on, on Amazon prime or whatever it is. I'd watch it. Um, but I probably already know what it's all about by then anyway, because someone's going to react to it as soon as it comes out. You do realize streaming yeah. on Amazon Prime still pays people, right? I mean, but I already I already pay for it. It's not nearly as much as if I buy a ticket. But, yeah, but so if we already pay for it's it. distributed across the different artists that you stream specifically. So yeah, then I, he's already paying for it, though. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he pays <laughs> for 
the where the money where the where the percentage of that stream money is going to will be will differ depending on who he watches at the end of the day yeah that's how to this, a degree. that's how they to they, a take, degree, they yeah. take a certain in, they take a certain opinion, percentage of the money of, based on streams. doesn't matter like if it's a little bit blasphemous so this this actually blast, this is this is helpful it. a little bit this is a helpful a little bit because obviously i'm a i i i have amazon prime i sure. mean you know i canceled disney plus but I have Amazon Prime. I'm mad at this this movie, but I have Netflix. So as a Christian, how do we stay consistent? And how do we draw lines that cannot present us as hypocrites to the world? Mm-hmm. Should well, we it, just be black and white? We're cutting off everything. Or how should we handle this? Yeah, I don't think you can uh, unless you legitimately are going to completely go the Amish route. Right. Let's like I, I think, I think that's, if you're going the to Mennonite do it route. or the Mennonite route. Yeah. Um, <laughs> doing uh, I, I think that y- if you're going to do it that way and you have to be consistent. And I think that's a big thing is consistency. For me, it comes down to uh, there's, there's goods and services. Like for example, I can, I'll use Amazon as my example because I can use Amazon for many other things that I find profitable. Like there are plenty of shows and things that I can have my kids watch because I have an Amazon Prime subscription that I think are, are good. Um, and so I have to take the good with the bad. I don't have to watch these other things. And I think that's where it more comes down to for the Christian is what are you going to put in front of you is a, is a personal and maybe in some cases there's some things there's lines drawn in the sand of of what is sin and what isn't sin but i think for the most part this is where christian liberty falls in and if you're going to go to a movie i think you have the christian liberty to do so um as long as it isn't directly like harming someone or isn't directly putting you in a position where you are going to be in sin but i mean i do think that this movie could be used to misdirect people because although it, it is a trailer and now that you've unlocked this new element to it, I do believe that it could be, you know, not as blasphemous maybe than I originally thought. But either way, for we know what we're talking about. We were raised in the church. We read the Bible. Uh, you know, we, we go to church. You know, we talk to and fellowship with people that can teach us and mentor us and disciple us. But there's unbelievers watching this. And there's sure. people who haven't had that benefit that are watching this and it looks so much like the Jesus thing that I think that some people might even be drawn to believe it similar to uh, the Da Vinci code, you know? Yeah. I I will say though that, that, I mean, the Da Vinci code came out as, as novels and written material to, to be almost mythic and believed this, this feels like because of the comedy aspect, I don't think it's taking itself that seriously. What I do think it will do is some people might go, yeah, it's that ridiculous that people back then believed in Jesus, just like they believed in Clarence. But here, here's what I'll say. Like if, if that's the level of people being duped away from the gospel, um, I mean, that's a pretty, this is a pretty, non-convincing argument in my mind to not like Jesus or to not investigate Jesus. Uh, I think any argument would have swayed someone that direction, I guess, but that's just me. Uh, Again, I think culture likes to make fun of Christianity and this Mm -hmm. is just another way to do it. Um, And I I personally, I'm not too upset about it, but I, I can see how some people would be. 
But any, any other thoughts on Book of Clarence before we start hopping into some weird stuff? Let's hop into you mean this isn't stuff. weird? You mean this isn't weird? It gets weirder. This it is good. It's just Book of Clarence. It's another Tuesday. Yeah, another Tuesday. Well, who's going to watch it? Who's watching it? That's the one I thing I want to know. Are you guys going to watch it? I'm Oof. not going to the movies. No. So we're all we're all in unison right here. All right. I mean, even after I watched the trailer, I wasn't that intrigued. To be honest with you, I just have no interest, man. I just there's zero interest when stuff like that. I don't know. Just speaking for myself, I have no interest when there's like any sense of mockery or blasphemy it's just you know it's i don't know that's just me you guys know we've I talked agree. i mean i, I would you would you say that uh bruce almighty and evan almighty are kind of mockery? funny enough funny enough evan almighty i've never seen i've seen bruce almighty evan almighty came up on like tv last week me and my brother-in-law and i was like what is this and he's like <laughs> oh it's the guy from the office and it's like noah's ark i'm like this is stupid like and it looks funny. I know the guy's funny. I know it's all in fun, but like, use another story. Like for me, like those are sacred stories, and that's just how I view it. Like I just, I would watch it if everyone else was watching it, but I wouldn't have any interest in it. It'd just be like, yeah, can we change the channel type of thing? You know what I mean? I never seen either of them. I have no idea what they are. Yeah, don't waste your time. You don't. Yeah, you don't have to. I, it's just an interesting thought. But yeah, yeah. Me and Jeremy uh, can go watch it instead. You- <laughs> I'm only kidding. No, I'm, I'm I'm watching some Ahsoka after this. That's why I got the the uh, the wow. Grogu You're on my shirt. Recording, Oh my, bro! Yeah. That thing on your shirt looks like Doja Cat. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Which side are you on? Um. Well, let's. Uh, if you haven't by now seen, and if you don't know who Doja Cat is, uh, Doja Cat is a female music artist and i would actually encourage you i didn't link it in this video but um john mccray did a really good video i know i sent it to you guys if you watched it ahead of time but um did a really good video kind of breaking down how we got to where we are with this uh artist and why some of the things um yeah some of the things going on with that so uh we're gonna take a look at this mm, yeah so it's just, it's just like I know she's shirt, trying to bro. be a demon and all, but it's just it's just so dumb. It's just ridiculous. What the world? Yeah, it's it almost is comical in my mind. Um, but this is coming from the Christian Post, uh, and this is an article about her most recent music video, uh, which is up for an award tonight at uh, uh, up for wait, an award wait. at the VMAs. This song, this music video is getting a potential reward. I think it's nominated. I think it is. I'm, I don't want to be quoted as wrong, but it uh, there's the VMAs are tonight. And I know Doja cat is up for an award. I'm guessing it's this video. That's my man. must've been truly. That's my guess of work. Yeah, I I guess so. Whoa, what is going on? My computer's... Okay, here we go. Um, At this point, it's all too predictable. A middling but relatively successful female artist goes all in on satanic imagery and the like. The temptation, the devil... or Sorry, like the temptation the devil put before Jesus, suddenly they've got the keys to the kingdom. Uh, And they keep going on. They say, or is it the music video for Demons? That's the name of the song. Directed by Christian... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Pays homage to some of the... 
yeah, Breslauer. There we go. Uh, to some of the, the greatest horror films of all time, from the snowy static of old school late TV, infamous shower scene from The Shining. When it comes to genre, the video leaves no doubt to which the category Breslauer prefers. And while we won't share the video here itself due to success of profanity and sinister themes and blatant satanic imagery, much of it is its content can be gathered from social media posts that Doja has posted. And so <clears throat> you keep reading and they're going to keep talking about... Can be able to look at the lyrics? What does the song even actually about? I can pull up the lyrics. That's... You really, I just you really least... want to, you really want I, to do that. <laughs> I just want to know what the song's actually about. Like, why is it called... I've never heard it. Is it... So I, Doja I, Cat, I have, I have wait, no this, reference. Hold on. Pull that back up. Pull that back up. I got you. Pull it back up real quick, real quick. So scroll down a bit. I think this is good. So, oh, yeah. And in that video, Doja Cat also flirts with the Grim, Grim Reaper while wearing an all-red hooded dress, eats raw meat while wearing a cross necklace and shirt with the word feral, and again wears horns on her head while getting familiar with another dark horn figure. So I think this is the the juicy part right there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It... Truly inspires my soul, dude. Let's uh, not not let's right. look up the lyrics. <laughs> Go for it. Oh my word. I let's mean... read them line by line in pirate voices. So you're telling me that people actually don't have anything better to do with their time except watch music videos like this? I'm just curious. I mean yeah, pe exactly. people like things on the edge, man. Do they? So here, are waking up. here's an, are waking up. here's an interesting thing though. So here, here is a bunch of screenshots from underneath this video. I didn't watch, I didn't watch the video. I'm not going to watch the video. I'm not interested, but I think as my dehumidifier kicked on, you could probably hear that. Um, but as, as we, let's take a look at these. Okay. So, and these were the most liked, I mean, look at how many likes. 2.8 thousand likes doja thanks for reminding ironic? me to go to church and pray possibly they might all be but so many of them i'm not quite sure thanks doja cat for making me wake up early in the morning on sunday to attend church services thanks doja for reminding me to pray every day and night doja got me going to church daily now doja reminding me to go to church this sunday and every sunday after that is a good idea Thanks, Doja, for reminding me to always pray every <laughs> night. I can't help but feel like these are ironic for some reason. Probably to a degree, they around. might be. They're probably joking around, but it's people are waking up to this stuff, right? Like, this is blatant evil stuff in our faces, right? Doja like, Cat's doing more evangelism than most Christians. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to call it that. Scaring, scaring them into, uh, okay, yeah, I don't want to be with that. Well, again, so, I so, go ahead. So, are we are we gonna pull up the lyrics? Or, I, I still need I still need to know what we're what the, what the song is about. Gosh. What are we commenting on exactly? Demons. Okay. I, I I get it. All right, look, it's demons. Hurrah, hurrah! I mean, ha, what haven't you know what? This is the first go. time someone made a video about demons. That's all I gotta say. You you get to read them. Well, Jeremy, this is a Christian podcast. <laughs> I pulled up. I said lyrics. No. Oh, here we are. Okay. I can't. I can't get All rid right. of the ads because when I get rid of the ads, it takes everything away. So go. Uh, see, told you. <laughs> A one dollar internet sweet. So, so you, you go for it. Yeah, you can go ahead and you, read it. Can you wrap it? Can you wrap it? 
I'm not going to make this a rap song. Lay do it. down a magic for real. me. All right. I got to make sure. Okay. Yeah. Hey. How this my spot. demons look. How they demons. Now that my pocket's full. A bunch of Chewbacca sounds. How my hey, demons hey, hey, hey. look. I don't want to turn hey, into hey, a hey. reel. Stop it. I don't want to turn into <laughs> a reel. Now that you. Now that it. you. Mm, shook. Mm, <laughs> explicitive word. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bro, so we're real. all gonna we're all gonna have to get delivered after this. <laughs> I mean, there, there's there's really there's really nothing here. Even the first one, I'm on the bigger things. I just bought a limousine. You live like me in your dreams. I just quit the nicotine. If you throw something at me, uh, that bleep should be big at least. Uh, N word. I'm gonna bring the heat. I'm gonna bring the cold. Uh, there, there's just no substance. So it sounds like, like it sounds like she's just trying to flex her wealth and sexual appeal, I guess. Well, I mean that's pretty much most. I guess that's every music. popular song these days. It's either that or like some vague motivational song. So, I guess, but this isn't the only thing we've seen. Um, there's been. Let's throw this up just just to show that others have been saying things. There, there's an article here from back in April. Uh, where Taylor Swift had kind of like a seance type thing. And she has all kinds of weird imagery in some of her songs uh, where we've seen all kinds of weird stuff from uh, all kinds of different folks. We saw Sam Smith at the Grammys last year. We yeah. saw, so in general, uh, let, let's use this as a thing to talk about, not necessarily the song itself. Right. Cause I, I, I don't care about, the Doja Cat song, Demons. But what should our reaction as Christians be? Think about this from a few perspectives. One, you're a parent with children who want to listen to certain music. Two, you are just a general Christian living along, among people who listen to this music, right? I think we have to find different ways. And for me as a parent, I might come at this with a very different perspective than if I'm just hanging out in my workplace and I hear someone putting on a song, right? So what, what do you guys think? What, what's your response? How do we come at this? What are some things that we should use as ways to engage and think about and talk about? Is there a teachable moment here to use? What do you think? Well, as a parent, like number one, you got to vet what your kids listen to. You don't just let them listen to whatever it is, even if it sounds good. There's so many songs that sound great like they're well-made music people can make well good music but like the substance to it what they're teaching what they're showing like the people behind it are not always you know what i mean like they're not good and especially this is a no-brainer right here doja cat demons like you don't even have to think twice about that one but you know this is the industry like taylor swift doja cat you got jay-z you got sam smith you got everyone like they're all like weirdly everything they're all doing the same thing you know what i mean like every award ceremony they go to they're doing the same thing and for myself it's like i'm not surprised i'm a christian i don't listen to certain types of things but i can't expect a non-christian to be like oh that's bad i can't listen to that you know what i mean like mm. i can't force you to hold my conviction so with that respect it's like do whatever you want i care about your soul i know this stuff is probably not good for you but I'm not going to sit out and freak about this song saying, oh, demons and all this stuff. Like, yeah, it's sad to see that this is what we found and people find as entertainment. But as a Christian myself, it's just like, yeah. do what you want to do. 
there's a part of me that's kind of like I'm glad the facade of um, a you know Christian nation or whatever is sort of falling away. Like in a sense that like I'm obviously I wish that traditional values still permeated society, but it's better than it's better to have a society that is explicitly demonic uh, and explicit about their beliefs than a society that is demonic but tries to cover it up with a facade. Like the facade's coming down. Like it's been it's been corrupt for years, decades now. The entertainment's been demonic and uh, full of bunch of garbage um, for years now. It's just that they're being more and more explicit about it. Like the imagery has changed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're not ashamed of it, and they know most of the culture um, is okay with it now, or at least like not as offended as they would have been two decades, three decades ago. Well, I think so, I mean, Sean this, Sean here this, has an awesome comment. I think that speaks to this really well. Um, I don't like where this is. I want to make it bigger. There we go. Um, it says this, my response is to not give the culture what it wants. They want to use it to profit off the free publicity from shocked Christians speak, speak, but don't lose your minds. And this is what I would say. I, I agree with this comment completely. I think that as Christians, we don't want to give, um, and just be outraged about everything because I think if we're if we're going to get outraged again, let's talk about consistency. If we're going to get outraged about this, then we need to get outraged about everything. And I think that it's a waste of our time to get outraged when, in reality, how does the devil portray himself? How do demons portray themselves? Uh, I, so I actually, think, yeah, go ahead. I, I not that I disagree with that point, but I, I think I don't think it's always right. I don't think it's always correct to think that way. Uh, I mean, you can you can speak out. I mean, don't lose your minds. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. But I don't think that's what he's really saying. I think I think what he's saying is my response is not to give the culture what it wants. They want to use this profit off the free publicity from shocked Christians. So it's it's kind of sounds like he doesn't want us to really get upset about it or he doesn't want us to speak out about it. And in such a way, in this in this case, I'm not really upset. Why? Because the song name is Demons. I mean, it, 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 it is what it says, right? So I'm not going to lose your mind. I'm not going to lose my mind over it. Yeah. But when it comes to like abolitionism or abortion, somebody could use that argument and say, mm-hmm. don't give the culture what it wants and don't lose your mind and don't get upset about it because mm-hmm. you're giving the culture what it wants. And I'd say that argument will fall apart because I think that argument is only good in select cases, not in an, in a black and white way where we could just put that blanket over everything. That's all I'm trying to say. Sure. That's I, think, I think in, in terms of content, music and things like that, the more reactions and the more people you got talking about it, the better it does. Um, in terms of like abortion or something, if one side of the argument goes quiet, the other side wins automatically. So I think, I think in that sense, it's a little bit different when we talk about content versus talking about, um, a legal practice or a political. I think we're talking about music here though, in general. Yeah. We're talking about music here in this case. But I agree. Yeah. Then I would agree. Then I would agree. I would agree from uh, movies, music, anything Hollywood related, nothing should shock you. Like don't Mm -hmm. lose your mind. Normal. But I mean, you know, it's completely normal. We had LSD tripping uh, satanic worshipers in the 70s and 60s. Uh, it's just that they were underground at that point. They weren't on the mainstream TV. Um, so, like, this has been going on in Hollywood for decades. It's just that now it's on mainstream TV and rather than the underground stuff. 
Yeah, and I only said that really because I've had people because I'm an abolitionist unapologetically. Like I think that's the only way to handle abortion, but that's for another uh, discussion. But I, I only brought it up because I've had people use that argument against me, hmm. and, and to say no, don't don't speak out about it. Don't have those meetings. Don't don't go out and protest. Don't speak out loudly and proudly, and don't be argumentative. Be kind and submissive. And and I've 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 heard that same argument. So that's the only reason why. I just thought it was important to bring a point of clarification that that's not really the blanket statement for all things. Yeah. 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 I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and I think that as, as we have these conversations, I think it's important for us as Christians to have, but also to understand like there should be a point and the point shouldn't just be, don't listen to that music. Right. Like I, that's pointless. I, I, I don't think that, that that's, that's not something that we should worry about as much as how can we use this as a teachable moment like for mm-hmm. for me if if i work with students a lot and i and i work with kids and i think about my own kids like i would want to be able to think about and have a conversation that's nuanced with my children if like uh who was it someone was in here saying that uh here it is um elizabeth said that their eight-year-old granddaughter uh told them about doja cat so that's that's a great opportunity, Elizabeth, to be able to have a conversation with your granddaughter in a teachable moment about, okay, what should we be listening to? What is appropriate? What is holy and blameless? And what is pure and good? And what should we be focusing our minds on? What should we delight in? And this should be, should it be this or should it be something else? And so I think it gives us teachable moments more than it does Oh man, the culture is so bad. Like who cares? Like it's not a, it's not a war to be won. At least that's my perspective. I'm not out here to win a culture war. I'm out here to win souls for Jesus. So I think those are two different things. And unfortunately, sometimes Christians get so hung up on the culture war that they miss out on gospel conversations as a result. Are we talking about Christian nationalism here or? <laughs> maybe, maybe a little, maybe a little, maybe, um, but and and I'm not just saying that alone. But I just think that as we we talk about these things, I think we have to bring them back to what's the the teachable thing. And I think we've had some good conversation about that. Anything more sure. here about Taylor Swift before we hop into uh, some mm, frustrating? Uh, th- this is where maybe I'll, I'll have to take a moment to to breathe. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm good. Let's go. Cool, 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 cool. So let's hop in. Um, I wanted to hop into the middle of this article. I didn't really want to read the beginning, uh, but the the basic to get you caught up on this article. This is coming from Protestia, and it's in relation to. I'll I'll at least show the top. Uh, Andy Stanley, protege Clay Scroggins, promotes Chat GPT sermon production. So what is what is going to be outlined in this entire article? And I don't necessarily want to read very much of it, but basically as an outline to say. What's happening here is pastors are being sold products and those products are ways to write sermons and outlines and all kinds of things. And in the training that is now being offered by Clay Scroggins, who is no longer a part of Andy Stanley's North Point system, who has an affirming church now and gives you an idea of theologically where he stands, uh, but is basically promoting to pastors to use chat GPT 
as a part of sermon preparation and sermon writing. Uh, so let's find the middle of the article. Where did I? I marked it on my phone, uh, but I don't know where it is here. Uh, I think it's right here. So in a sign of that theological drift continues in the American church and talking heads like Scroggins learn nothing from the ethical issues presented by the decent sermon plagiarism scandal of 2021, Clay and fellow faith spirituality marketing guru Evan Chastine are now hawking a two-hour online course, How AI Can Revolutionize Your Sermon Preparation and Explore the Hermeneutical Ethics of Leveraging AI for Your Sermon Preparation. Here's the, the write better sermons faster with sermonprep.ai. While the course description doesn't indicate that participants should use AI to write their sermons word for word, it does suggest that ChatGPT will be an integral part of leveraging AI to write a sermon as taught in their workshop. Scroggins push to convince pastors to use chat GPT comes when the AI assistant is hemorrhaging users as the mania surrounding chat GPT initial release recently cooled. Users have begun to realize that the capabilities of AI are less than expected and errors within the system are more common than one would expect from a computer. A pastor might reasonably use study software like Logos or Bible Hub to consult a wide variety of resources that would be useful, using them to help personally exegete a passage of scripture before penning an outline and writing a sermon. Scroggins' course, however, seems to send pastors to the indiscriminate source material of ChatGPT, effectively creating a shortcut around the crucial steps of exegesis, biblical discernment, and sermon outline formation. Sermon Prep AI boasts the method that can be used by sermon writers of any Christian denomination, indicating that the resulting sermons likely lack theological precision. What do you think about a course? A course. And, and, and let's think about this, not just be like, it's dumb, it's bad, don't do it. Yeah. Why? Why shouldn't a pastor do this? Why, why do we, and maybe you're for it, maybe you're for faster, better sermons. Um, what do you think is being sold here? Why is this even a thing that pastors might consider? Let, let's, let's chat about all so the I think, angles. I think anything can be used as a tool in your studies. So if you're using commentaries, using Lagos, using your phones, using Google, using all that stuff. And you could very well use AI to your advantage if, uh, if you just want to look up something real quick and, or maybe a point of reference, how do I find this or what do I, you know, uh, how do I restructure this one single sentence? I have no real problem with that. But if you're, if you're using it to rewrite or write an entire sermon or uh, taking the work that you should be doing as a pastor. It's your job to feed the sheep. It's not the robot's job to feed the sheep. And one of the most uh, edifying things you can do is, is bury yourself in the text. So can it be used without it being sin? I think it can be. Uh, should it be used to write entire sermons? No. That's my take. Others, what do you think? Anyone for? Anyone for it? Well, well, I'm talking to a guy who like utterly hates AI. So, <laughs> well, I'm on the same page as Nick. Like, 
tools can be used to our advantage. And I like I've gone on chat GPT and stuff like that. And I've I've asked it to write a sermon, but I'm not a pastor, so I didn't preach. I just wanted to see what it would come up with. And obviously I would never use something produced like that, but like just going there and asking a question about the Bible and it can pinpoint it for you. And then you open up your own Bible and then you go there and you read it and you you know it, it does kind of make things a bit quicker, but nothing replaces intimacy with the Holy spirit and prayer and in the word to make your own findings. And like Nick said, robots, not going to feed the sheep, man. It's what we, the pastor, the we're supposed to feed the flock. So I don't know, man, it, do, it doesn't replace your intimate time with the Lord in preparation. I'm not a pastor, so I don't know what goes into it, but I'm pretty sure the quick fix isn't the way to go. I think it's just lazy. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the moment you tell me make better sermons faster, you're like trying to sell me a weight loss program. <laughs> um, like, I don't know. Like to me, the whole purpose of a, a rich sermon is that you take time to study and pray uh, uh, within the text that you're you're studying, and you're trying to spend time with the Lord that He brings revelation to you, um, or like you know, ref- the Holy Spirit helps you see deeper into the text. Um, like I feel like that's the whole point of preparing for a sermon. Like, I, I don't I don't understand why you would want to point go to AI to make it faster and better. The whole point is nurturing your spirit and then being able to nurture other spirit through teaching. I don't know. Let me What's play devil's advocate here for a second, if you. Oh, well, you mind. can. I was going to, but you go for it. Yeah. So, I'm a preacher. I'm not a pastor yet, but I do preach. Um, uh, four or five times a year, right? I will not trust AI to give me anything contextual, nothing. I will not ask them a question about the text. But the things I've have, I have personally used them for, and sometimes I won't even use the examples that it gives me, but it'll get my gears turning. So I'll ask it, give me an analogy that helps people understand this. It could be anything, X, let's just say X. Right. And it'll, it'll actually lay out like three or four analogies. You say, give me another one. Give me another one. And sometimes that'll get your gears moving and you can think outside of those four options and make up your own. But it gave you good direction. I'm all about the use of AI for that because sermon introductions, sermon analogies sometimes take so much time because you want to connect with the people. Right. That it could be exhaustive. Right. Exhausting. Like not exhaustive, exhausting. You're sitting there thinking, how could I, what story could I use? Uh, you know, what's something in history that I could bring up here to kind of bring it all together? And AI, I think, could be very useful for those things. Um, but I don't think we should plagiarize. I'm not advocating for that. I'm not advocating for the, for the AI to do your work for you. Get in a text, learn the history, learn the context. But I think it could be used as a tool. Give me an analogy for this or give me an example for that. And I think it could be really, really useful. I think if you're looking for like maybe like wording or um, some sort of, you know, like some kind of like what you said, analogy or example of something, maybe like I can see it being used effectively for that. But my issue is that it doesn't seem like that's what he's selling, though. It seems like he it seems like the course is selling like get it done fast and which implies to me like don't have to study a text as deeply um, gloss over the text and then see what AI gives you and see if you can see what you interpret and what AI interprets and mix them together somehow. Like 
to me, that's not what I'm pulling from the cores. It doesn't sound like he's suggesting what so, you're suggesting. So, so here's here's the thing that I think they're selling. And as a as a full time pastor, I don't preach every week. Um, but what they're selling is pastors. You're tired, pastors. You're you're carrying the emotional weight of congregations. You've got emails and meetings and funerals and weddings. And you are spending 80 hours a week grinding, loving on these people. And sometimes you are exhausted when it comes to writing your sermon. And instead, and instead of putting a half done sermon or not being able to do your best because you're doing all these other things, because pastors are more CEOs of companies, they're heads of staff, they've got staff meetings, they got people emailing them, they're dealing with everything. And God forbid something doesn't break in the church, who Who's probably the one to have to go fix it? Usually the mm. pastor, because most pastors are solo pastors in small congregations. So you put all that together, a lot are bivocational. What they're selling is, here's a shortcut to get to a good sermon. And the shortcut is AI. That's my problem. So the shortcut itself is saying, I will save you time. And instead of, now don't get me wrong, even if all the shortcut would be, which is to get a uh, a synopsis summary of a passage of scripture, that's horrible. Read it yourself. And if the problem is so great that you're you're not having enough time to spend in the word to bring an adequate sermon, then that's a problem that your church has to look at. Maybe we have to reallocate some of the things that we're putting on this pastor. Um that should be done by other people because the role of the pastor and the shepherd is an under shepherd under Christ to lead the flock in understanding the word of God. And if you're not spending that time in the word, you're doing a disservice. I will liken this to something else. This is exactly the same in my mind as some people who are given a rubric outline of how to preach a sermon from their seminary. And all they do is plug in their three points and an illustration into that. And every week it's the same thing. They basically got an outline from AI, but it was from a book. It was from a human brain, but it still is just an outline that they're just plugging the illustration at the front point one, point two, point three, conclusion, and we're done. I have as much a problem in some ways as that as using AI because what you're essentially doing is taking out the whole process of exegesis, of, of looking at a text and applying it to the congregation, of thinking about the people who you know who have broken marriages, who have hurting families, who are, who are desperately concerned for their unsaved family members. Like these are things that are real. And but so that, this that's is, more so that's more so application. That's not exegesis. So my question for you is, it's what's the difference? Both and. Well, yeah, I mean, you're 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 exegeting the text, making sure that your that your transition is contextually appropriate to the application, and then Correct. you're you're applying it appropriate to the context, of course. But what is the difference? Again, I'm not advocating sure, for this. Sure, sure, sure. But but right, we got to ask questions. So let's say I read three commentaries: Douglas Moo, Thomas Schreiner. I don't know. I can't think of names off the top of my head right now uh, on the spot. But let's say I name somebody else, right? And I just, I read those three and then I'm in my ESV study Bible or whatever study Bible you want to use. I'm reading the, the you know, or the Reform study Bible. That's my favorite. R.C. Sproul commentary on the bottom, right? And I brought those five things 
and I watch maybe two or three sermons on somebody that I admire, and I combine that all, and I, and I learned all about the text, and then I built my sermon. What's the difference between doing that, which I don't think there's anything wrong with, What's the difference between doing that and reading four or five paragraphs that AI produced for you? Why is one wrong and the other one not? So I would say if you're starting with the words and thoughts of other people before you go to the text, there's a problem. If 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 my first thing, like let's even take if my first thing is I'm preaching this Sunday and I'm going to look up to see if Charles Spurgeon preached on this sermon on this text. And I want to read that before I write my, even start writing my sermon or start outlining the passage. I think, I think there's something equally wrong with that in my mind, because what you're doing is you're not engaging with the text in the same way. I don't have a problem going to those things. Once you've gotten familiar and you've got an idea and there are tools, but I would see that as a crutch more than a tool where if I'm going to my favorite pastor and listening to a sermon that he preached on revelation before I preach my sermon. Uh, I, I start to have issue with that. I have less issue with commentaries, but, but again, I don't personally, I'll speak for myself. I don't go to commentaries until I've spent time in the passage until I've outlined the passage until I've gone through some of the questions I might have myself or at least written down questions that I don't know. Then I go, Right. That's yes. my process, because I think that what that does is that tries to keep the text central and not the ideas that other people are putting upon the text. into Absolutely. The text. So can you do that with AI? I don't believe so, because AI is not trustworthy. But you did the homework yourself. You're using AI to build ideas for you, and then you're verifying those ideas that are presented to you with other resources. Why can't you just use it as a tool? not as a cemented truth. Well, I, I guess because I'm getting back to the point that I think that basic things are happening in AI specifically that are showing that it's non-trustworthy. Like I'd rather I'd rather go to sources that are trusted. I'm not going to go to Google and type in a, a question. I'm going to go to my commentaries and look at the theologians that I that I know and are trusted that have written about these things versus going to a tool that isn't as, I mean, put it this way, uh, we've even seen that now as you go to AI and chat GPT in general, they're getting very simple things wrong. And so how can we assume, and even this article talks about, it's spitting out things that are just broadly evangelical that have no doctrinal ties that could just as easily be preached in a uh, completely uh, affirming church as it would in uh, a church that would hold of to course. a biblical understanding of sin. I, I totally agree with you. My thing is, I think it could get the ball rolling, though. My, I'm only advocating. This is my only thing that I'm sure. arguing for. I am not arguing to use it. And I'm not arguing that I advocate for it writing your sermons. The only thing that I am advocating for is that it could be a great tool to get the gears turning, to get your brain moved to a specific topic. Maybe you're stuck in a passage. Maybe you're stuck. And you can ask AI what are some uh, what are some different beliefs on this one topic or on this one passage? Why if it not? gives you four points, then you can go to commentaries. You could verify that, or you can go to your pastor, which I would really advocate for your local <laughs> pastor, your <laughs> elders. Right, get the gears turning. That's all I'm. I'm all. That's the only thing I'm advocating for. I think for me, my big now I have a lot of issues with AI personally, but I'll I'll set those to the side for now. 
Um, <laughs> but I think for me, one of the biggest things when it comes down to sermon creation, part of the, I'm not a pastor, so take that for what it's worth. I, I don't often preach sermons and things, but by what I can understand, a big part of being a pastor is trying to one connect with your fellow leadership team and your congregation. That's one aspect of it. And when it comes to studying for a sermon or studying for a passage, um, a lot of things that you're going to be asking AI for either inspiration or whatever, it may be even more beneficial for you to, to have conversations with fellow associate pastors, with fellow leaders, with fellow congregants in the congregation, build and help you build relationships and build ties with your congregation helps you see where they're actually, maybe we could target somewhere that's specific to the congregation I'm speaking to, which AI won't be able to do that. Won't AI won't be able to accomplish that whatsoever. Totally. It doesn't know your church. It doesn't care about your church. It doesn't care about your people. Um, and in talking to those people can generate the ideas that AI could have generated for you, if not generate better ideas for you. I think for me, the issue is that AI is trying to make things more individualistic and more um, like more, just more individualistic where it's like, okay, I just need to get this done by myself and I need to, I'm going to use a tool rather than talk to a person. I'm going to use a tool rather than try to connect with my congregation so I can make a more effective sermon for them. Um, I think to me, it just starts making things more and more individualistic. And then you start losing the community aspect of the church. I think I that's agree. part of my issue with it. I totally agree with you. And it's a testament of your channel. So, you know, Light the World is a fantastic resource where you're going in the mm -hmm. field. You're going person to person and you're asking them, hey, can I experience your experience with you? Uh, mm -hmm. You you know, you, you travel to different churches and stuff. That cannot be done on AI. And that's not what I'm advocating for. And I think you are totally right. Pastors should be involved in their congregation. Pastors should be talking to people one-on-one. -on -one. Pastors should be getting their gears turning that way. I'm not even advocating for normative sure. use of AI for any sermon prep. But what I'm saying is, if you use it for the right things, it could help you get your gears turning maybe once in a while. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I think it's mm -hmm. wrong to use it normally. I think it's wrong to use it as a cheat. I think it's sure. wrong to cut corners. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a fantastic tool if yeah. used in a proper way. So yeah, I'm, not I'm not sitting here saying that it's sinful or it shouldn't be, it like can't be used. I just think it becomes dangerous because I know how people are quickly sucked into convenience. That's my. But thing. we have, we have people the sermons, so right? So I I have two two quick things. One, the only thing I'll take exception with Nick is just the the ball rolling i think the ball should already be rolling before you go to any other i guess, that that would just be me personally i think i agree I think, yeah I agree. And so, so here's so what i would what I use ai for here's what well let me say here's what i would use ai for and i do use ai for this all the time on my youtube channel which is give me a better title make this title better i despise sermon titles I hate having to put a title on a sermon. I often just want it to be the text and just whatever. And so there's times, there's times where I'm just like, I don't care. Here's a title. And I think things like that, I think AI can be a tool when all you're doing is more so asking for it to reword things like what you said earlier, or asking for it to, uh, here, here's three of my ideas. Give me more ideas like this. I think that's different because it's brainstorming. But if yeah. it gets into anything past or anything theological or anything, I, I start to go, mm, I, I think those are things best held for other conversations. And 
honestly, I think if you're struggling that much or pastor, if you're stuck that much on finding a, an illustration for your sermon, maybe it doesn't need an illustration. <laughs> maybe the text uh, can be itself. I don't know um, about that. But that's another I, conversation. But I, I think he uses the perfect word just to bring some point of clarification here. What I meant by ball rolling is, is you use the perfect word is brainstorming, sure. right? I don't mean this is a prerequisite to your sermon prep. I want you to do your. Re I want you to dive into the text. I want you to read it. I don't want anybody to be able to uh, take this clip and and misquote me. I want you to read the text. I want you to read it five hundred times before you dive into any commentary. Sure. I want you to read it a thousand times before you even use any AI tool. I want you to be so uh, marinated in that text that you might even be able to quote it by the end of two days. That's how serious I want you to take that. But. The only thing is I found AI to be useful for is brainstorming when you have that writer's block that happens to everyone in the world who is an sure. author or a poet or anybody. You can't just think of the words that, or maybe just a general idea to get your gears turning to get you to the point where you got on your own because you just use that as a seed to be planted and then you brought it to something that's unique and your own. I think that's how I use it. I never take an original idea from it. I just want a little seed just to get something. And then I can run with it sure. on my own, with my own idea. I do think you're unique though. Like I, I, I don't have a problem with that perspective. I think what's being sold here is here's a template. Here's a thing. It'll make yes. you faster. You'll get done. Matt, you look like you got a thought. I don't want to cut you off, but you're thinking down there. <laughs> Well, I'm not like a hardcore preacher. Right? I preach every now and then, uh, like the little ministry nights that we do in Toronto. But I guess I see what Nick's saying, and I kind of agree because I've thrown ideas at it just to kind of get an image in my head. But like, it's not like if you throw something in there just to write yourself and do all the work for you, that's where it's like, that's where I think you've gone wrong. Like, but if you're going there to get ideas, it's like an encyclopedia. You type something in, yes. you get an answer. You obviously go to the word of God and you say, okay, is this actually lined up, you know, with what is actually in the text? But obviously it's like, I see what you're saying with this whole thing. They want to say, like sell this whole like convenience. Let's get it done quickly. It's a whole mega church, you know, in and out. What do you call that? No, uh, no substance. You know what I mean? And unfortunately that's where culture is going everyone just wants a quick tickle my tickle me elmo sermon you know nothing's really convicting anymore and i think we're gonna see like i was just googling it as you guys were talking there's a lot more of these apps up there like mm -hmm. sermonly.com or sermon.ly yeah. so and i'm pretty sure like i know back in the day there's actually another it was an older website. I think it was like sermon central or something where everyone posted their sermons and you could go on there and see what pastor in Florida preached this weekend or pastor in Pennsylvania or LA or Lebanon or whatever, you know, and they would all post their notes there. And like, and I know pastors that would go there and converse with them, try to try to get ideas. And so, you know, like I, I as a tool, sure. There's no rules against using tools. Don't let it think for you though. You know what I mean? Like, yes, that's all I've got to say. Well, and, and so here's, here's my, my last soapbox, my, my <laughs> custard last stand. Um, and, and this is for if a pastor is listening or if an elder of a church is listening, please hear me. Uh, no pastor, 
I don't care who you are, has 52 good sermons in them a year. They don't. They don't. It is too hard. It is too hard to to carry that weight. Um, and even for those who have all the other duties stripped away and all they have to do is preach, which might be like less than a percent of pastors in America. Um, my encouragement to you, elder or pastor, is to raise up people, qualified elders in your congregations to preach. If 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 you are a solo pastor, raise up qualified elders to preach and use that as a discipleship tool to take weeks or months to walk through sermon prep with someone else to train them to preach so that when you take vacation or when you need a break or when you just want to sit under the teaching of someone, you can do that. Because I think the exhausted pastor is the one who buys this and is the one who gives in because they're tired and they've they've got nowhere else to turn. So that would be my encouragement. And if that's if that's your pastor or your church, like encourage your church to train people how to preach sermons, to take the yeah. elders of the church and to do that, that's under the scope of elder. So that would be my encouragement. We've had elders, we've had ruling elders teach and preach sermons, and it's always uh, an awesome learning experience, but also an awesome opportunity for them to use the giftings that God has given them. And it's even led some of our ruling elders into lay ministry in other churches, which is awesome to see. So I think that that, that would be my encouragement. I think that's one of the things that um, like if you're a church planner, you're doing it all the by yourself usually, or if you're at a small congregation, you're all by yourself. Um, I think the Mennonites do this really well. Uh, and I've talked to LT a lot about that, about how they raise up the future generation of pastors, I think is, is very interesting. Um, and, and it's a very community based effort. So that, that's my last thing I'll say, because I think that sometimes, um, one of the ways to solution this is to help pastors take things off their plate and might mean if you've got 30 sermons in you, maybe they should only be preaching 30 times a year and find Mm -hmm. people to preach those other 20. So I agree with you. And, and, and the heart of all pastors, I don't care what denomination you are. Your heart should be exposition and your heart should be, I want to stay true to the word of God and your heart should be, I want to raise up other pastors. Um, And my church, I was blessed enough to be in a church that I was just, I had no money at the time and I, I, I already had kids and I was just trying to get into seminary. I didn't want to be a pastor yet. I didn't want to be a pastor yet at all. And uh, I just wanted to get on the right path towards being a pastor. And I went to my old pastor. It didn't work out. I went to somebody else. It didn't work out. And uh, I, I met with a pastor that I'm under now who's been my pastor since I'm 12. But I got married and left and moved to Jersey and stuff like that. That's a long story. Anyway, I, I communicated my desire, my passion. I, sometimes I would try to go to sleep, couldn't sleep. I would dream about it. I just wanted to be in seminary. And he can he he has a preaching uh, preaching program in his in his church already, where he has you know he judges not judges but he grades your sermons. He has a whole sheet for it. There's four the preachers there. He got in touch with a dean of a school. The dean gave me a full scholarship. You know, so every every church should have a program similar to that. Uh, maybe not a full scholarship, but similar to training up pastors, training up preachers, 
and getting them on the right path towards getting ordained and getting educated so that they can exposit the scriptures accurately. And then everything else is just tools that you can use to, for study. That's that's my take on it. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think that there's many ways to do this. I, I think that AI is not the the way that I would recommend and I would counsel against uh, for, for many of the reasons that we've said. Uh, but there's a lot of other ways. Go through your local church, Daryl says. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, there's there's opportunities, and and if you're feeling pulled that way, or if, or if you're feeling gifted in that way, um, you can. There's there's ways to do that, and ways to grow and learn that aren't these cheat sheet courses, right? It, it it feels if it, it, it frustrates me that they're going to charge this money for a two hour seminar, and I feel like um, it's not really going to be worth your time or money and it's actually going to hurt people in the long run but they're just out to make money it feels like not actually help pastors but and the pastor could have used that money on going to a class right AI wrote that course 100 yeah yeah (laughs) the pastor could have used that money and went to a preaching class at a local (sighs) seminary you know because this thing can't be cheap it's probably a few hundred bucks or a monthly fee oh yeah look it up real quick 99 dollars so that's American. Ninety nine dollars of, of of one one uh, payment. It's only September twenty first at twelve thirty Eastern time. It's probably like a little webinar type of thing. Oh, yep. it's one class. Okay. And you're gonna so get a template. We- you're just gonna get a template. You're just gonna get hey, prompt these questions to AI to help you. Like, it's not Let's even gonna be that much. The class. You guys want to split it and try it out? Yeah, and let's uh, let's record it live and react to it on YouTube. Podcast. So, <laughs> and I and think- may, hey, maybe we're wrong, and they're not encouraging AI. But everything that points to it looks like no, like rely on AI to outline and this, that, the other. Yeah, I agree. I think like we we see what it's advertising. We don't want to like outright speak against these people i don't know them i don't even know who they are so i don't want to speak bad of them but i agree with you jeremy like i don't recommend ai i wouldn't be like hey man go you're you're having problems with your sermon go try out ai i just say it's like a like a back back pocket tool you know if you feel like using it i'm never going to be like yeah i endorse this stuff i i I really don't like the idea of it i rather we just don't have it but that's just me too What did you have, LT? You were about to say something. I cut you off there. Uh, I, I don't remember. I don't. I don't have anything really specific to say. Sure. Well, any any other thoughts? Any questions from you guys out there? There's eight of you here. If you haven't hit the like button, please do that. I know I should have said that probably like an hour ago, but um, yeah. We, so these we are got, true OGs that they're still around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got rolling. We got rolling. John Clash. John, John Clash is in there eight times. Oh yeah, he's opened he's up all his accounts. <laughs> he's got eight accounts. <laughs> good, 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 good. He got the bots rolling. Well, we we will be back again next Tuesday, nine p.m. Any of you guys got stuff coming up on your channels that you want to shout out? As we're here at the end, I have a video dropping later this week with me and LT. I'm finally getting oh, that thing ended dropping? up. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm behind. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I'm still in mourning um, and grief from last night. So 
Um, I mean, I uh, the let's vid- talk about most- that. <laughs> no, we're <laughs> not. My most recent uh, long podcast and video on my Backpack Religion channel is me and Jeremy. So there you go. You can check that out. Actually, this week I'm dropping a video on Scientology, so that'll be fun. You teased that at the end of the video. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Yes, Daryl, we still won, but we lost everything. It's over. It's over. I'm a Jets fan, if you don't know. So there's yeah. that's what I'm referencing. So. Yeah, that's a real shame, you know. Real first you won time, the battle and lost the war. First time <laughs> since I was 16 years old that I was this excited about a, a Jets season. And I'm going to be honest with you. Down. When I heard Aaron Rodgers was going to the Jets and stuff, I'm like, Aaron Rodgers is so old. He's going to like blow a knee or something. And look, look what happened. He, he, put, he injured himself. Put it in perspective. Aaron Rodgers' last season, which was his worst of his career, would have been like a top three quarterback season for the new york jets all time yeah but the new york jets have always been bad i exactly they were cursed anyway i can't talk about this you're, you're anyway yeah I'm anyway fly, yeah Eagles, any any team fly. with the ets bro any team with the ets the nets the mets the jets if they're all cursed they're all, they're all cursed, cursed. All of them. If it makes you feel any better, I cheer for the Phillies and the Eagles, who both made it to the finals in both their sports, and then it lost. doesn't. It doesn't make me feel better because you guys won Super Bowls not that long ago and World Series not that long ago. So come back to me when I've not seen a, a championship team. New York on Yankees any... have blown away the World Series. New I'm a Mets Yankees. fan. Wait. I'm I a know, Mets fan. But New York still, Ooh. come on. I'm a Yankee fan. I haven't seen them win in a while, but at least I got to see them win in my life in my lifetime. What about the Blue Jays, the man? The Phillies, Islanders. Islanders had a had a dynasty, and then I was born. The Jets won in 1968. <laughs> the Knicks. I have not seen. The Mets. I was holding my daughter in 2016 when we were in the World Series and we lost. She was born that Wait, same October. Well, they lost the Royals. Oof. Yeah. And uh, so there there you go. Islanders, Jets, Knicks, and the Mets. It's it's yeah. it is what it is. I'll 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 I don't know how I'm gonna go on. No, I'm just kidding. Um but it is sad. It was it was frustrating. A great win, sad loss. The elect closing the non elect when they're gonna win. Uh John yeah. the jokes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you gotta love New York. Gotta love New York. Well, anyway, I I've got some stuff going on. Anything Bible dingers wise? No, I mean we're preparing for our new season. We're gonna be at the G three conference. We're excited for that. Uh, we'll have a booth there. So if any of you watching are gonna be there, make sure you come and visit us. We're gonna be sharing some gear and and uh, preparing. We are preparing for next season, and it's gonna be on YouTube. And it's going to be the first season on YouTube. So that's exciting because all the other seasons are audio only. So so big things are coming. Dude, I'm going to pop off. There you go. Give me one of those stickers. (laughs) There it is. Well, guys, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for watching this episode of the Why Jesus Podcast. Make sure you click that bell for notifications so you don't miss the next time we go live and answer the most important question, Why Jesus? We'll see you live every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Until next time, peace.